Bobby for Horror is my favorite podcast. And I'm Uncle Lloyd Kaufman from Troma Entertainment, along with my good friend, Handy Capable Toxie. And uh, we, we, you know, we can't wait for the next episode. This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How are you doing, man? Doing good. How are you doing? Not bad. Um, I'm ready to fake smoke cigarettes just because my movie heroes do it, and I can't do it right, so I cough a lot. <laughs> Dude, what did you have me watch this week? I actually um, want to semi-apologize because I remember this movie being a lot better. Well, you know what? I'll be honest. I didn't hate the movie, which is shocking, I know. But holy shit, dude. This kid. This Eric... What's his name? Lieberman? Uh, let me see. Yeah, uh, Benford. <laughs> Eric, why did I think Lieberman? Okay, okay this well, Eric he Benford. he goes by several different names. Yes. Dude, I want bullying to be worse after seeing this movie. I'm like, this kid should not be allowed to walk amongst us. <laughs> I was like, I'm pro... I'm pro bully now. I'm like after watching this movie. I'm like this kid should have got more swirlies when he was growing up. I don't know what you're talking about. I just like the talky pictures, she. Oh my god, dude! I I've never hated a lead more than I wasn't supposed to hate. Like and and like I said, I don't hate the movie, but holy shit, is this kid annoying? Yeah, and I forgot how much of it wasn't just like I th- remembered it as like oh he dressed up as the Universal monsters and I like, killed people. He dressed up as two of them. And one of them wasn't even the Universal style, because his Dracula, because it kept flashing to Christopher Lee, not Bella. Yeah, dude, what is this movie, though? I don't it, know. <laughs> it's so weird, because I did some digging on it, like I do on all the movies we do. And this movie took forever after its initial release. Like, you know, all these movies came out in the 80s, and then with the invention of blu-rays dvds and streaming and stuff things get re-released and everything right this movie took forever to get its re-release on dvd or blu-ray because the rights issues with this movies are incredible oh because of all the like actual movie footage they use and whatnot oh yeah i can't imagine the headache that they had to go through doing this and it's some little movie no one cares about thank god it wasn't a bigger deal because if it was a we're like, okay, we're not really losing any money off this. If it was a bigger deal, it would have never came out. Yeah, they're like, what is this movie? They're like, they watched it, and they're like, yeah, no one's ever going to watch this. Sure, do what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, so this movie's Fade to Black from 1980, uh, written and directed by Vernon Zimmerman. And to sum up the plot, I guess, it's about this boy who's obsessed with old-timey movies to a crazy degree, and that's about it. Yeah, and his name is not Brett from Dimension Z. No, and look, I knew you were going to say this, and here's the thing. I would not be friends with you if you were like this. You have a healthy obsession (laughs) with these things. You know what I mean? We make it productive. We do the show from it and everything with our love of it. Holy crap, this this guy... It needs help. I I know I'm gonna be annoying with this by the end of the episode. I can't stand him. Yeah, I fucking hate him. <laughs> like I love Bella Lugosi, and like I love you know Jeffrey Combs, but I'm not running around pretending to be Bella Lugosi and Doctor Herbert West. You know. Yeah, the, like the equivalent. Let's use Jeffrey Combs as an example. Would be like you start stalking Barbara Crampton because she was the co-star in the movie. Like that's what this would be like. Or just some random lady who kind of looks like her. Yeah, that's what. That's how this would play out. Be like, hello, See, Barbara. No, you're nothing like this. <laughs> hello, Barbara. It's like I'm not Barbara. Who are you? What's in that syringe? <laughs> You don't look like uh, Herbert West. You look like the fat guy who's the killer in a Human Centipede Two. <laughs> God damn it! No, I'm fucking Doctor Herbert West. Like Doctor Herbert West isn't balding. <laughs> West, Herbert West. Herbert and run away. Start crying. There's just okay. ecto cooler in the syringe, so I start drinking it. <laughs> so. 
Eric is our main character, and we open up the movie with him in his room, and his room is decked out with, like, classic Hollywood posters. I do love his room. Oh, it's really cool, isn't it? And he has a tiny black and white TV like I do. Yeah, well, he has a projector set up, too, which is really Yeah, neat. but I love his tiny TV more because it's older. <laughs> yeah, that probably wouldn't work anymore. There's old tube TVs. Did you look around his room, though, whenever they're panning around about how many televisions he has? And I'm just looking around oh, my yeah. room being like, I have five. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're introduced to Aunt Stella, who is his guardian, uh, wakes him up. But I'm really confused already. Because he was just awake, and his aunt comes in to wake him up right as he lays down. Is he pretending to be asleep? I don't know, because then he's like, he must be a really good method actor then, because he goes right into, like, he's, like, yawning, and he's taking a while to get up. He has his first cigarette of the day, like I said before. Like, you can tell he doesn't actually want to smoke, but, like, the gangsters in the 40s movies smoked, and they looked cool, and so I want to be, like, James Dean or some shit, you know? Oh, definitely. And he he looks like he's getting sick from every cigarette he's smoking. Oh, yeah, because he's like, he'll take a couple hits. and he, A couple of times you see him just like look at it being like, why am I doing this? It's like, oh, yeah, because I love movies. <laughs> yeah, he's basically turning green with every puff he takes. Yeah, I love um, I love how uh, Aunt Stella did. Is it that right? Yes. OK, I love how. She, yes, I see it there. Um, How she wakes him up is like she starts making fun of him. And something about, like, his, like, one-eyed trouser weasel's gonna, like, something's gonna happen to him. It's like, what is she talking about? And then she turns on, like, show tunes and has, like, a baton and starts dancing in her wheelchair. Yeah, she's just as bizarre as he is. Yeah, because she's, like, it's this older woman who's in a wheelchair, and she used to be a dancer, but now she's still, like, super theatrical and over-the-top and whatnot, but she's just, like... The old, it's like a Mother Superior from Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, where, like, you're just an old lady now. Dude, and she starts going off about how his mother was an actress, but she died in childbirth, and that's why I'm stuck with you. And you're the reason I can't dance anymore, because you were crying when she was out at a party and the babysitter called with your tummy aching, and I got yeah. in an accident on the way home. Holy crap, no wonder this kid's so weird. Maybe I was too hard on him. And, like, this is, like, five minutes in the movie. We're getting so much dumped on us. Of, like, this kid's, like, a huge film buff, we can already tell. This is his adopt. Well, right now what we know is that this is his aunt, his mother died, his father's not in the picture. He's gonna die before he's 30 if he doesn't start taking more care of himself. But, I mean, that's true. The, the kid doesn't eat. I keep saying kid, he's a grown-ass man. But he doesn't eat. And he just smokes and watches movies. And, like, to the point that, like, jumping ahead when Stella dies and, like, he has the house to himself, yeah. he throws away all the food. Yeah. What? <laughs> what does he have against eating? I know. What actor or what character in a movie never ate and now he's like, God fucking damn it. Why couldn't I take after, like, Fatty Arbuckle? Whereas, like, I get to eat all I want. No, I gotta go take after, like, skinny little James Dean or something of, like, yeah, he ate a banana a week. Yeah, like, it's so weird, like, he just drinks soda, smokes, but doesn't eat. Um, his breath has had gotta be terrible. <laughs> oh my god, you probably, even his sweat. Remember when me and you did that overnight drive to Jersey? Yeah. And I was, like, three three or four Red Bulls in, and my sweat just smelled like Red Bull by the end of it? Right. That's what I imagine this guy smells like. Oh yeah, it's just, like, Coca-Cola mixed with stale cigarette smoke. Yeah. And these are 80s cigarettes. <laughs> oh, yeah. He goes to work at, I guess, like a real warehouse? Like, movie reels? Yeah, it almost looks like kind of the thing like Ed Wood does in the Tim Burton Ed Wood movie, where he's, like, delivering film reels from, like, place to place. Yeah, and his boss is an asshole and keeps always starting to take everything out of his paycheck and everything. There's some cool posters in here, though. I really yeah. like the Halloween poster. There's Halloween. I believe there's Tourist Trap. Yeah, there is a really cool tourist trap picture. Which that's one you don't see referenced a lot, so I was stoked to see that. Yeah, and like, um, I love his posters, but it's so weird. Like, how did he immediately get these posters? I guess it's because he's in Hollywood, but like, this is 1980, and like, tourist trap I believe came out in like 78 or 79. Halloween's 78, right? Right. Yeah. 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 So 
like he got his hands on some like these are like first edition prints of these. They have to be. Well, it's one of those deals like with everything valuable now. No one knew that they were going to be collector's items in the future. Oh yeah, he's just chain smoking in front of them. Like <laughs> yes, and then we cut to discount Tom Atkins. Uh, well, is that the police officer? Not the officer, the psychologist guy who's working with the police. Okay. Uh, who, he looks like Discount Tom Atkins, but has the last name of another actor you love. His name is Dr. Moriarty. Oh, yes. He's starting a troubled youths program at the police station, and the, like, chief hates him for some reason right off the bat, but this officer, Ann Oceanbull, Oceanbull, I don't remember takes him to where his office will be, and it used to be the drunk tank, and she's flirting with him, and... Look, I won't lie, you could cut everything about all these characters out of the movie and not miss a beat. Yeah, you know what? This movie is uh, very, like, uh... Like, I, I hold a point against it, is it's an hour and 40 minutes long. This could have easily isn't been... a bad runtime, but for this, is all unnecessary. Yeah, there's easily 20 minutes you could lose and make this a little bit better of a movie because you wouldn't be sitting there going like, how much more of this is there? God, like... And like, for real, all these characters, the side plot with him and the cops and everything, you could cut all of it and it would not affect it in the slightest. You could have random cops pulling up on him at the end. And... It's not even like their side story is interesting. It's not. It doesn't tie into the real story, except they're the cops who show up. Like, it's it's a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah, it's like padding when there doesn't need to be any. Like, you don't need it. Yeah. No, not at all. And then we cut to what I thought was another random scene that's actually one of our main players. We cut to these two girls jogging, who is Meryl, short for Marilyn, and Stacy. Yes, and Marilyn looks exactly like Marilyn Monroe, basically. Yeah, and that's basically what she uses to try to get gigs, as she does, like, Marilyn Monroe impersonations and stuff. Right. And, what, did she look like Marilyn Monroe as a baby? And her parents named her Marilyn? Or is it just the world's greatest coincidence? Yeah, exactly. Or were her parents, it's almost if you name your kid, like, Jeeves, you're like, you're going to be a butler. It's like, you're going to be a exactly. Marilyn Monroe impersonator. Go hook up with the Elvis impersonator over there. It's like, no, I'm the real Elvis. And it's, like, it's Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> Eric and his co-workers are betting on film trivia, and the thing that Eric thinks is going to stump them, and they'll each owe him 40 bucks, is... What was Rick's full name in Casablanca? Casablanca, Which, Casablanca. How do I say that? Cas I've never seen it. Yeah, but how do I say it? Casablanca? I guess. Casablanca. Casa <laughs> this is going to bug me for the rest of the night. Oh, it's no, one of those I words that when I say it out loud, I'm like, wait a second. I'm guessing it's Casablanca because, or Casablanca. I think it's Casa, though. I don't know. I don't know. Now it's going to bother me. i got to move away or I'll be stuck on that the whole time. But, but it's also, it's one of those, like, giant movies like that, like Citizen Kane as well, that I've just never seen. I always try say I'm going to make my way through all those classics, and once in a while I will catch one, and sometimes I like it, sometimes I hate it, but there's so many movies out there, I'm not going to be able to see everything. Yeah, I'd rather watch Dracula AD 1972 again. Exactly. But Eric goes to this diner, which is where the joggers went to eat. And he sees the one, and instantly you get like the dreamlike music in his head, and the one who looks like Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn, is singing the "Happy Birthday, Mr. President" <laughs> to him in his dream. Yeah, which is just like, and even like that, whenever Marilyn Monroe was like singing that to JFK, it's like there's no doubt in anyone's mind of like they fucking. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is the, the misfit song "Who Killed Marilyn." Yeah. And he creepily shoots a shot with Creature from the Black Lagoon trivia. Look, I love Creature from the Black Lagoon. It may be my favorite Universal monster movie. Still, this is not your opening move for no. anybody. No, there's very few people that you're going to be able to pick up with Creature from Black Lagoon like trivia. And most of them are like guys in their like 30s to 60s <laughs> who are just going to be like, yeah. oh, yeah, I like that movie. You might land me or you. Yeah, <laughs> you're not getting Meryl here. I'm like, don't you always feel really bad for the creature? He never does anything to anyone and they keep bothering him. <laughs> <laughs> I do like when he brings up a lot of the old movies and stuff. They have these like quick flashes of 
black and white the scenes from the movies behind them. Yeah. I think that's really cool. But it seems to kind of work because Marilyn asks him for a ride back to work. And he gets a date for that night at 8. They're going to the movies. What movie are we going to see? That's a surprise. I thought that was going to play bigger, but it... I think they just couldn't think what movie to have him say. Yeah, and this is when... Is this when uh, he goes... It's neither Living Dead, right? No, that's not the one they go to. Oh, okay. There is that in the movie later, yeah. Because at first I thought that that was the movie that, like, uh, she, like, semi-stands him up for, where she forgets that she has, like, four dates in one night. Yeah, go Meryl. Yeah. Uh then we cut to the, this Dr. Moriarty clown again. And he's doing coke and aggressively playing the harmonica in his new office. Oh my god. The coke and like, I love how he like starts to slow down on the harmonica. And then he does more coke and he's like, right back again. And like the female <laughs> officers sitting there like watching him with like a, oh you, kind of attitude. Where like her arms are crossed and she's like leaning, leaning against the doorway just kind of like shaking her head. Look, maybe the best place to do cocaine isn't the police station. Or the best, because who has more coke than the police station, like, evidence logger? It's true. It's probably where he got it. Like you said, that officer Ann sees, they talk for a little bit, and then it cuts to them having sex at his place. And the, they're talking afterwards, and Dr. Moriarty is blaming youth violence on movies, given the uh. whole... This boy stabbed someone's like, well, it was nothing like the movies, you know, all that stuff. And now it's the video games, and now it's TikTok, and you know, yeah. <laughs> to quote one Billy Loomis, no, don't blame the movies, Sid, it doesn't make killers, just makes them more creative. Yes, I love that line. But yeah, so that's basically, I guess, how they tie into the movie. It really isn't clear at all. Yeah, it's just like he, and it's not even like... I could see where, like, okay, let's say um, Eric gets caught way before he does. Like, let's say halfway through the movie at the latest. And then the yeah. second part is all the psych psychological stuff. Then it would make sense. That could be a cool movie. I know you already referenced the movie, but Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, like, the Ricky interviews. Yeah. You could have a cool movie like that where he talks about his motives and you can still do the whole movie thing with it and everything. That would make it more like why the we're following the cop and the psychologist around because they don't know that Eric's out there doing this stuff yet because he hasn't even started. Yeah, and here, there's a good movie in here. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's a really good concept, and you could have done a lot with it. It just didn't work. Yeah. If you love this movie, I don't think it's awful. So, look, I'm not coming down on you. I just think it could have been a lot better. Right, and even, like, all the shit that I've been giving it so far and will continue to give it, it's still not horrible. I've seen much worse. Oh, definitely. We have on this podcast. I don't know. what's What could be worse than this, Greg? I'm not even going into all of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's, like, everyone that Brett picks. That's <laughs> not all your picks. Oh. Uh, Eric's creeping on Meryl at work, and then he's back home getting ready for his date. And Aunt Stella comes in and is like, what are you doing? It's like, I have a date with a woman! And acted all weird. It's like, who are you taking? I was like, Marilyn Monroe! And she's like, oh god. Yeah, she's like, he's slipping further and further into his delusions. Yeah, but he, he asks her for money, and she does give him $10 if he'll rub her back later. Is it suggested there's some freaky stuff going on at home between him and Aunt Stella? Oh, I don't think so. Okay. No, I, I wouldn't. I would almost like it. almost take that as like it's the old thing of like how in a Christmas vacation, like the grandmother comes in and she's like, hey, Rusty, I'll give you a quarter to rub my bunion. It's like they just don't know. <laughs> Okay, if it would have been the foot rub, I would have went with you, but I'm like, the back rub's just a little odd yeah. for your aunt, but he goes to the movies, and Meryl's not there, she's at a restaurant with this one guy from work, and Eric gets stood up. I forget, do we, uh, do we get to see what movie that it's gonna be for this one? I don't think so, right? No, for this one they don't, this okay. is what I was saying, we don't know what it was gonna be. Okay. What do you think he was taking her to see? 
Oh god. Well, that's why I was like, it's gonna be Night of the Living Dead. Because, like, he would have no idea. It's like, I forget what movie it was. Oh, it's Taxi Driver. I was watching, where Robert De Niro takes his date into a porno theater. And then she's like, leaves in disgust and he, she's like, why do you think I would want to see that? And he's like, I didn't know any better. <laughs> Alright, well, let's think here. This came out in 1980, so we're dealing with let's say 79 or earlier. He's in the classics. Um... And good Jaws. Okay. Um, well, as uh, Bella Lugosi said, if you want to get with the young lady, you take her to see Dracula. Oh, but he doesn't go see Dracula. He obviously has it at home on a reel. Well, yeah, but I, I, that's a part of the movie that tree at the very beginning I liked when he's going through all the uh, newspapers and like marking what days... Um, certain movies are playing in theaters like other days yeah. like oh this is gonna be on tv i better tape this it was like me this last saturday night when i'm like okay svengoolie showing devil doll at eight and then mr lobo <laughs> comes on with turkish star wars at nine and at the same time dr gangrene is showing a lon cheney jr movie so i was like fl- i had several tvs going and it was finally i was like see this is why i have all these <laughs> did he i thought meryl stood him up on purpose didn't you hear yeah, I thought it was a complete thing of just like, I'm just going to tell this guy I'll go on a date with him so he'll leave me alone, and most likely I will never see him again. Yeah, and he's running around like every blonde girl thinking it's her and then getting disappointed when they turn around. Feel bad for the dude, but it cuts to her at the restaurant. She suddenly remembers, I was supposed to meet this boy at 8 at the movies, and she leaves that date to go to this date. Yeah. And- she can't find him. He already started walking. I love that he tries to get a hooker for $10. Oh, yeah, where it's like, what will 10 bucks get me? And she's like, fuck off. Yeah, he's at the bus stop. He starts asking someone, like, is it a long time for the bus? And she's working. She's like, I'm trying to get a ride. Oh, what do you mean? I'm tr-. And she starts yelling, <laughs> oh, what will 10 bucks get me? But she's like, um, it's something about, yeah, I'm trying to catch a ride. And he's like, where to? And she's like, idiot, I'm trying to catch a ride on my back. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> he gets back home, but he's watching movie movies at home. Uh, it's Kiss of Death, I think, hmm. and the scene with the guy attacking a woman in a wheelchair. And right then, Stella <laughs> comes barging into his room and breaks his projector, and he's all angry. And she's saying, "I want all this garbage out of here in this room, clean." He doesn't do anything though. Granted, he doesn't stop it. Her wheelchair gets—it's an electric wheelchair—gets stuck in forward mode. And he's walking behind her, like, laughing and everything, but it did legit get stuck just coincidentally, and she goes down the stairs as Eric laughs, just like in the movie, but the first few kills in this, legitimately, he doesn't kill anyone for a while. It's everything's just happenstance. People get so scared they die, or they fall on a fence, or their wheelchair stops, like, working right and just goes forward, and then they comically, like, boing down all the stairs. Yeah! And so, like, she's dead, then we cut to the funeral, and the priest gives him the ashes and are talking with him and everything, and he has some awkward line with the priest I'm not remembering now. Yeah, I don't exactly remember. But he gets back home, and this is the scene we're talking about, we're just throwing all the food away. Yeah, and well, I also want to mention, because it's just such a hilarious death, of, like, he's walking behind the wheelchair, like you said, not doing anything, but he's just laughing the whole time. He's like, <laughs> he's doing it's this, like, very 40, Joker-esque. He has, like, 40s gangster laugh, and then she literally does, like, boing down the stairs. It's, like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of, like, Friday the 13th Part 2 mixed with Cyanide Deadly Night Part 2 of like, it's a long stair thing and they're boinging, but they're going down the very, they're going down forward, so she's screaming the whole time. (laughs) 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 It's just funny watching this old lady (laughs) fall down stairs in a wheelchair. It's just like you see a train wreck and you're just like, oh, that's fucked up, but you just keep watching it. Changes his name to Cody Jarrett, which is from White Heat is a character from that. Look, I won't lie. I don't know a lot of these film references. I don't watch too much movies from back then aside from a few that I really like in the Universal stuff. So 
a lot of these references are lost on me. Yeah, and even, like, I love the old movies, but I watch old horror movies. I don't go back, like, even though I love, like, mob movies and gangster movies, I don't go back to, like, the 30s and 40s stuff and, like, watch that. No. Um, here's where we get his Dracula makeup, where he's <laughs> in the mirror putting on his Lugosi Dracula makeup to go see Night of the Living Dead. No, it's the Christopher Lee Dracula, because they never flash Lugosi anywhere in this movie. It's always Christopher Lee. That's true, but he looks more Lugosi. Yeah, he has the Lugosi getup on, even with the medallion and everything. But for some reason, they went with Christopher Lee Dracula, which there's nothing wrong with. I enjoy his Dracula, but... If you're dressing up like Bella, and this is supposed to be this huge film buff movie, show Bella. Yeah, but he does that. He goes see his Night to the Living Dead, and it's just him eating the popcorn one piece at a time in full <laughs> Dracula getup is kind of a thing to behold. Yeah, which I had to like impersonate. Like, um, me and Greg recorded a live episode, and I had to like impersonate it with fries when we were talking about this movie. <laughs> But I also love, like, if you notice, it almost looks like a midnight movie because everyone else is also in costume. But they're, like, dressed up like once a bumblebee, there's, like, an alien back there. They're all different stuff. And then they're watching Night of the Living Dead. It's not like Rocky Horror where if you're going to go dressed up, you dress up as a character. They're just anything random. Is it supposed to be Halloween? I don't think so. I didn't I don't catch. Know what's going on right you know me and my like date. Like anytime I see a date in a movie, and my radar goes off, I it didn't go off with this one. I think it would have been funnier if he was the only guy dressed up, and he was dressed up as Dracula to see Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> see, when I because I've only ever seen this movie one other time, I was like, I thought that's what it was. Is that like he was the one oddball dressed up, like, and everyone else is just normal. But it's like, oh, okay, it's like a midnight movie thing. Yeah, but we cut to Meryl at home, she's wine drunk, and she goes and gets in the shower, and we get the psycho scene here. He's still dressed as Dracula, because he has a pen, and she's in the shower, you see the shower head turn on, everything like Psycho, rips the shower curtain open, the Psycho score even plays, Yes, and she screams, and he goes, I only wanted your autograph, drops the pen, and runs away which would have to be the most what-the-fuck moment of your life. Now, let's take a step back and picture you're in the shower this happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> la -dee -dee, la -dee -da. <laughs> you had a few too many old Germans that night, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm drunk, and you get in the shower. And a man dressed as Dracula rips open the shower curtain <laughs> with a pen and yells that at you and runs away. What the fuck do you even do? I'm more perplexed the fact that I didn't get attacked by the man and he just like wanted my autograph and ran away. I would have been less surprised if he attacked me. <laughs> like, I, I would be almost asleep for a month. Yeah, I'd be almost more scared of just like, what did he want? How did he get in here? <laughs> why did that's why he, the only thing he wanted? He couldn't wait for me to check my mail like the one time I leave my house. Like, you start leaving autographs outside on your porch every day to keep them away for if he ever comes back. <laughs> yeah, it's like I put like 20 out there every day and I go back and they're gone. It's like feeding the pigeons. It's like you sprinkle it around. You see them like behind the bush. <laughs> but um, then we get the, the whole psycho thing there. And then we cut to a parking lot and he's quoting Dracula out there. The, the creatures of the night, the music they make line. Right. Go ahead. Oh, creatures of the night, what music they make. And the hooker from earlier who tried to get a ride for $10 with is out there. And he pops up and starts talking to her, creeps her out. And she runs like any normal human being would do in this situation. And he chases, and I love that he still is fully committed to the getup. He's carrying the cape, like running like a vampire after her and swooping and everything instead yes! of just chasing after her. It's great. Oh yeah, the cape's like fluttering behind him, but yeah, it's a thing of like he's still like holding the edges. Yeah, and he's doing like swoops. Yeah. It's so funny. And then like even how she like dies if she just like falls into a fence it's like uh, how many num like countless hammer horror dracula movies of dracula's defeated because he just falls on a spike um 
And then he like goes down beside her and he's like caressing her. And then he like takes the blood in his hand and he's playing with it. And then he like licks it. And then he just full on goes for the bite and just like literally just sucks her blood. Yeah, I thought he was going to taste the blood and like spit it out. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like he was going to play with it and look at it and you'd almost see him like shake his head and be like, no. <laughs> so the next day at work, the co-workers are asking Hey, where were you last night? It's like, oh, that calmed down. A bunch of people could have been dressed as Dracula. And they were jokingly asking, but I guess there was a witness that saw Dracula, because how else would this be in the news? Yeah, it's the thing of, like, um, I forget which serial killer it was, but I think it might have been Dahmer. Yeah, I think it was, where uh, he had a body in a suitcase, cause, yeah, because he was bringing it out of the hotel room, and he got a taxi, and the taxi driver lifts the suitcase into the trunk, and he goes, huh, what you got, a body in there? And then they both laugh about it. Yeah, but, so, someone saw it, and they're joking about it, but they won't pay him his vet money. They're like, no, we're not doing that. So now he's mad at them. Cuts to those two co-workers at, what, is this a boardwalk, I'm guessing? I guess so, yeah. And they're stealing game prizes from, like, the little games you can do. Right. And so they can carry around a stuffed animal to pick up women with. I don't, I think usually you have the girl with you first, and then you win the prize. It's weird if you just walk up to a random person, like, I won this. Yeah, it's a thing of, like, it's not the fact of you got them a stuffed animal. It's, like, spending the time and, like, playing a game together and that kind of thing. It's not like, hi, pretty lady, here, bear, come back to car. (laughs) But they cut down an alleyway, and this is ridiculous, because he has this... Oh my god. Creepy fucking mask on here. He's dressed up as Hopalong Cassidy in the alley. He sli- and he slides a gun over and the one picks it up like he's not saying anything. He makes motions like to duel and so the one coworker guy fires his gun and it's fake, but his is real and he fires a warning shot at the ground and the one coworker runs away and he's like on your knees. And just shoots him in the chest a bunch of times. Here's the first actual kill from him. Yeah, this is the first person he's actually killed. And I think this is my least favorite costume he does. Because I hate the face. And I'm not like a big cowboy fan. I've never been like into westerns really or whatnot. But um, I think that's why it's my least favorite. I think it's the scariest with that freaking mask. Under the mask, you know, you rag on Texas Chainsaw Next Generation all the time. It looks like Leatherface's face from that. Yeah, but is a cowboy mask, it's terrifying. Is a leather face mask, it's bad. <laughs> Fucking hate that movie so goddamn bad. I just, it's so funny right now, you so where it's like, shut up! And he's like, ooh! <laughs> <laughs> Moriarty is in his little drunk tank office with a chalkboard set up and going over suspects. There's just like three huge names on it and Eric is one of the names on the board. Yeah, why? I have no idea how they narrowed it down. Like, well, these are the ones who work there who are suspects. Why do they have it narrowed down to someone who works there? Yes, one of the victims was someone who worked there, but the hooker was not. Right. Like, why would you think this in the slightest yeah they just randomly decide because movie needs them to that eric is a suspect and they must be his number one suspect you know it's like yeah it's another thing of just like uh we just need to hurry this along in this hour and 40 minute movie you could have like fleshed it out a little bit more gotten rid of some of the other shit fleshed out how they came to know it was eric they went down there and they found he has business cards for some reason. There was a business card left at the crime scene. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, the chief is mad at this Dr. Moriarty. Keep your nose out of police business. Eric gets a ride from a stranger here. He's hitchhiking to work, I guess. I thought he drove around a little moped, but whatever. And the stranger just happens to be a famous movie producer. Yeah. Because plot convenience. And he, um, yeah, Eric pitches him, like, his movie idea, because he's a film buff, of course. He has the greatest movie ever in his head. Dude, you try this shit now, they will tell you, I don't want to hear it. Because that's, like, a big problem. I know a lot of writers and stuff on social media, like, if you send me your pitch for a thing, I will not read it. It is nothing against you. But, because then, 
whatever they put out next if someone thinks they stole like the slightest idea from right. something they sent they sue and so people will not just take unsolicited pitches also could you imagine the amount of pitches they would get then if they were like sure send me every one of your pitches yeah exactly and anymore it would be like is it a reboot or a requel no and is it a sequel to an 80s slasher no okay then i don't care Oh, but dude, give me all the requels from the 80s slashers. I'm loving this new era we're in. Yeah, it is interesting. Because some do it great, others do it different. But they're all yeah. interesting in their own way. <laughs> oh, for sure. So that happens, and then he must like him, because he's talking to him. He gives him his card. He's like, give me a call at the studio sometime. We'll talk. And then he's all excited. He goes home. He's talking to Stella's ashes about, I made it, I made it. And then he gets sad and apologizes to the ashes. Oh, but earlier, when he first brings the ashes home, we already uh, established he's a chain smoker. He, like, opens up her urn and throws a cigarette in it and, like, closes the urn again. <laughs> that was earlier in the movie, but it was just random of then. They're like, it's like, oh, okay, you're establishing he doesn't give a shit. And now he's crying over her ashes. It's like, okay, which way is it? I think he is psychotic, for sure. Yeah, and it's like he's, it's almost, um... I know I bring up Ed Gein constantly on this show, but it's like him losing his mom of like, that was the last thing that he was like grasping onto sanity for of like, well, I can't do these things I want to do because my mom would yell at me. Now she's gone and he's like, oh, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And then it always goes bad. Yeah. Uh, similar to a movie we just did recently, which is still kind of new, so I won't spoil it. Yeah. It's never, oh, I can do whatever I want. And they start making baskets. No. Um, we, he basically goes on the self-given Marilyn Monroe tour, where he's seeing, like, her handprints at the Chinese theater, all these sites that she was at, um, and then he goes and buys all these prints, which the store is like, don't you have most of these already? Yeah, and supposedly he's been sitting there for, like, a couple hours looking through all these just, like, pictures of Marilyn Monroe that the store has, and then, like you said, I think it's so funny that they're like... The sword is like, are you going to like buy something or get out of here? Because you've just been standing here for two hours. And anyway, you have most of these. And he's finally like, uh, I'll take these two. Yeah. <laughs> that was hours of this guy's time to probably make a dollar fifty. Yeah, exactly. He's at home watching Halloween, which I heard the Loomis voice for yes. a second. I perk up. Which, yeah, whenever that popped up, because it's the railroad scene where Loomis is at the, uh, yeah, that's how many times I've seen this movie. I just hear the audio, and I'm like, I know what's going on. He's at the phone booth by the railroad tracks right before they find the uh, red truck with the whatever rabbit uh, matchbook, and he's, like, calling to warn them. Yeah, make no mistake, he is coming here. Oh, if you don't take me seriously, that's your funeral. And then we get this... Scene of him jacking off to Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, where he starts, like, at first, like, he's laying on his bed and he's staring up a, at a poster of Marilyn Monroe that's above his bed. And he starts, like, it looks like he's just fiddling with his balls. It's like being a guy, you know, every once in a while you need to adjust. Yeah. And I thought that's all he was doing. Or, like, sometimes you just subconsciously, you're like, oh, why am I touching my balls? I thought it was, like, a mistake and they just left it in the movie but then yeah he just starts like slowly jerking off and getting way too into it oh yeah he's he's cranking it hardcore here he might as well get like the, <laughs> the uh candles out and like go take a bath <laughs> yeah make a night out of it dude <laughs> the next day at work he tells his boss that he's marrying marilyn monroe and for some reason this just sets his boss off he's had it with this fucking kid now i have to listen to this bullshit he's marrying a dead actress what the fuck you're fired <laughs> he goes well too late i quit it's not you were already fired dude you don't get to pull that after yeah it's it that's the same thing it's so funny whenever i see that in a movie because it's the same like uh fuck what's it called the same feeling as like no you i know you are but what am i like yeah and also, pro tip, never do that if you're someone out there. Yeah. Because you know what you don't get if you quit? Unemployment in the meantime until you find your next job. Just take the firing. Exactly. That's actually not too bad. You'll get free money. Yeah. Um, and the boss won't let him inside to get his posters, and that makes him really mad. 
Yeah, he's like, these are first edition posters in there I need to go get. They're worth a lot of money, and the boss is eating a sandwich this whole time. And he's like, well, maybe it'll recoup <laughs> some of the some of the money you lost me. And like, there's like baloney falling out of his mouth. I love he's yelling at him, and like they look like they're almost to the point of physical altercation. They're like they look like they're about to into a fight, and he won't stop eating the sandwich. But he'll take a bite, and then like yell, like shaking the sandwich at him. It calms down for like a second. He takes a bite again, then it starts again. It's like he needs energy. He's like sandwich, give me energy to yell. <laughs> that night, the security guard leaves for coffee, and the boss is working late. All the lights in the place go out, and this is where we get our mummy scene. He he attacks through a Halloween poster. Why isn't he Michael Myers? Why the mummy? And this is also the poster. One of the posters you were saying is, like, worth so much money, isn't it? Or is those his boss's posters? That's his boss's. That was his boss's area. But even then, wouldn't you kill the boss and be like, mm, poster? <laughs> yeah. And look, after this attack, I can see looking at suspects from work, but not before. Yeah. And how old is the security guard? Why is every security guard 90? That's kind of common. You know, when you go like out at night, like, oh, you stop at Sheets, which is like our 24-hour convenience store gas station. Like, there's always like ancient guards in there. You guys have security guards? Only the one, like on Saturday nights. Oh, the bad one? <laughs> yes. Yes. But, yeah, so he leaves for coffee, and then the mummy attack, and then oh we get God. the slow-mo chase through the warehouse, and he's going mummy pace the whole time. If this guy would have ran a little better, he would have been fine. And this boss, does he actually think he's being chased by a mummy? Because he act, he's <laughs> acting like he is. It's like he's in a I universal... I never even thought of that! Yeah, because he's like, holy fuck, there's a mummy after me out of nowhere. He doesn't treat it as like... Hey man, like, sorry, like, what? Are you okay? What's going on? Like, hey, dude, stop freaking out. He just immediately like screams and runs. <laughs> he really is acting like an actual mummy is chasing him. He's he like, holy door. shit, the mummies are real. <laughs> like, <laughs> he gets to the door. He's just about to escape. But he has a heart attack and dies. See, yeah. most of these people just die being chased by Eric, not. From actually anything he does. They'd rather be dead than around him. <laughs> Dude, I don't blame him! And, or, like, they immediately know it's Eric because he smells like Coca-Cola and stale cigarettes. Yeah. Um, he sees on the TV the producer he got a ride with is stealing his movie idea of Alabama and the 40 Thieves. And he's pissed. He calls... And the producer denies ever meeting him. I don't know who you are. You're mistaken. He's like, yeah, I never pick up hitchhikers. And then he dresses up as a gangster, and what's going on here? I, let's walk this back a second. The producer is in what looks like a salon, but it's yeah. the makeup room, but he's not an actor. He's the producer. Why does he need to be in makeup? Yeah, why is... And he's also getting, like, his birthday cake, and, like, he's... There's food inside the hair salon, which, what are they doing hair salons? They cut hair and deal with hair. It just makes me think there's going to be hair all over this cake. It's like, I just watched Ghostbusters Afterlife, finally. And, like, it's like the mom at the beginning cutting Finn Wolfhard's uh, hair over his, like, pancakes. It's like, what yeah. are you doing? Why? <laughs> but so, I don't know what's actually going on here, but he shows up dressed as a gangster, and they think it's a live birthday card? Yeah, he's like, oh, who got... It's almost like a singing telegram. Like... Oh, okay. But I also want to mention really quick. Where the fuck did Eric get a 1930s car <laughs> to drive down the road that is so out of place, you see people on the sidewalk stop and point? And a Tommy gun, let's not forget. Where did he get that? Like, I can see the suit and the hat, because I got a pinstripe suit for my prom. Like, you can still get those. But yeah, he got yeah. a Tommy gun, and he didn't even use the Tommy gun thing right, because you put it in the violin case to... Hide, you have a Tommy gun. He should have carried that into the salon and then took it out if he wanted to be like the movies. No, he, in the car, opens up the violin case and takes the gun out. When no one saw it anyway, so it's just for his own benefit <laughs> that he's like, oh yeah, this is cool. 
But yeah, so he goes in and like, oh, you're still like, singing Telegram or whatever. And then he just shoots the Tommy gun all over the place and tells everyone to leave, but not you. And he's talking all gangster-like to him, <laughs> reveals who he is. Producer tries like, oh no, we can work something out. And just shoots him a bunch of the chest and that guy dies. Like, you're going to be sleeping with the fishes, see? Like, he's literally doing that. I also want to mention, yeah. the first time he shoots the Tommy gun, he blows out a light and a bunch of bottles and like something else. Then there's like the okay. split second scene of him talking to him and everyone else runs out. And then he shoots again when it's just him and the producer. Exact same footage is used again of him shooting out the exact same light and the exact same bottles. Oh, is that? I didn't even catch it. Yes. <laughs> oh, nice. At this point, I'm wondering, what is the, the end of this movie? Because I can't honestly tell you what's supposed to be our big ending. I don't know what is left, but... Yeah, up up to this point, you're almost thinking like the ending's going to be like, oh, he gets his movie made, or he ends up with Marilyn. But yeah, it's like, okay, now the movie part's over, and then here in just a little bit, we're going to understand the Marilyn part's over, too. <laughs> Yes, because Marilyn gets a modeling audition for Marilyn Monroe lookalikes. It's set up by Eric. And also here, the police and Moriarty are outside Eric's house, and they know he's the killer now. Yeah, if no reason. We don't know how they know. We don't know how they came to this conclusion. It just happened. I swear there's an extra hour of footage with that story that's just gone. Or it's like a Spookies deal where there's two movies they tied together. Yeah, or it's like Phantasm where there's like three and a half hours worth of footage. There's like two movies, but they had to cut it to one. So you lose so much. Yeah, all you're supposed to do is the Lloyd Kaufman route where you just make it into two different movies. You don't cut that other three hours of footage. Yeah, you do Return to and Return to Nukem High, a.k.a. Volume 2. Exactly. But uh, she gets that job, and her and Stacy show up for the job, and Stacy leaves. Eric is the photographer using an accent and not recognized by Marilyn. Yeah. So everyone's just ridiculous here. I was about to know, I was about to ask if you noticed that of like she's like she, it's not like they've hung out a whole lot. But they were almost going to go on a date together. Like she knows what he looks like. And Eric is kind of a noticeable looking person. Like you can like, oh, he's not that he's odd looking, but he's like, oh, that's a unique looking person. You know. But also after having a man dressed as Dracula appear in my apartment, <laughs> ripping open the shower curtains and running away, I wouldn't be going anywhere by myself for the rest of my life. Or you walk in that room and you see it's a guy in a costume. You're like, nope, fuck you. I'm out. Stacy. Uh, no, just she just runs right away. But so she shows up and they start doing the pictures and everything. Also, we get this random pointless moment here with Moriarty and the cop driving and like I found out Stella he thought she was his aunt, but it was actually his mom. Yeah, no, okay. Wh okay. Well, what does this add to the story? Oh, well, what are we going to find out? What is this going to change? Nothing. Yeah, okay. Sure. Okay, it's kind of fucked up, like... Yeah, I don't get it at all, like, why here and why do we bother with it? But, okay, Marilyn and Eric are drinking champagne and, like, role-playing, I guess? Yeah, I don't know if this is a Marilyn Monroe movie where it was, like, the prince and the, uh, I forget what they called her, love, like, the American dancer or whatever, or, like, the diva. But, um, he also, like, I want to know what these giant, they look like mints, but oh, I'm the Alcoids? The Alcoid pills? Yeah, exactly. I'm guessing they're supposed to be pills. But he's yes. horrible at drugging, like, women, which I guess is a really good thing. But she's also pays no attention because he just turns around. He's like a foot from her. You can hear him drop the pill in the glass. It goes, dink! And then he fills it up, and he turns back around and gives it to her. And then later, he's just, like, feeding her these things like they're Tic Tacs. Like, what are these supposed to be doing? Is it getting her high? Yeah, they probably are Tic Tacs. Yeah, like, he's, like, pretending that they're pills. And she's just like, does my breath stink? Like, he keeps giving me all these mints. <laughs> like, he put a mint in my champagne. It ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Moriarty shows up. It's like, Eric, stop! Eric shoots him in the leg. And then... He takes some pills? No, then he gives Marilyn more pills. I don't know what the hell this well, yeah, is. yeah, he gives Marilyn another pill. Then he takes a couple pills. What are these pills? 
it's not explained. And we get him going, who the hell is Eric Benford? As they run away and they get out and they're walking down Hollywood Boulevard together, him and Marilyn. And then they go into the Chinese theater and we get a standoff in the theater with Moriarty and them. They get away again. And now the full police force has showed up. So at this point, Moriarty's gotten shot through the leg. Um, Officer yes. Anne runs up and is like, oh, my God, are you OK? Do you need to go to the hospital? And he kind of just like hits his leg. He's like, no, I'm fine. And continues <laughs> with the chase. There's a major Be a man, right? That's all you got to do if you get shot. Just smack it once. No, <laughs> yeah. we're good. It's like that guy. It's like be a man guy off a of TikTok where it's like you get shot yeah. in the leg. Be a man. Run it off. But it's like, like there's a major artery in that leg. There's a huge bone. Like, it's going to hurt no matter what. In other movies, that injury would have killed a person. Oh, yeah. And it probably would in real life most of the time. But, yeah, we get to the Chinese theater. All the cops show up. And then we cut to the roof. Eric and Marilyn are up there. He gives her another pill. He stands up. He gets shot by a sniper. I think he's dead here. Yeah. So he gets back down. He goes up there and goes, we'll be together soon. Take these. Gives her a whole handful of pills and then locks her in this little room on the roof. What, no, I think no that's reason. the stairwell. I'm pretty sure that's the stairwell oh. up to the roof because I'm pretty sure I saw stairs. He like gives her a handful of pills, shoves her down the stairs, and is like, get out of here. And you would think if you're her, you would be like, oh, thank God, I can finally escape. She starts banging on the door being like, Eric. You never find out if she's like a hostage or like now they're lovers on the run. I have no idea what's supposed to be happening here. Lovers on the run after like you stood them up for one date. You randomly walk into this like uh, photo shoot and see that it's also him like dressed up and doing this weird accent. He's like giving you pills and within like half an hour. Like, because they don't even get to do anything, because it sounds like this was going to be a huge, like, night for those two, if they were going to recreate this whole movie. They get to, like, barely any of it, and then they're running down Hollywood Boulevard. It's like, at what point did you fall in love with him, or care about him in the slightest? I have no idea. It's so fucking unclear. I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. But he climbs to the top of the Chinese theater, like, above the roof, up, like, the little things... He bows to everyone below and gets shot a lot this time. Yes. Falls down. And then gets back up again. And he gets shot again. He's been shot like ten times now. And then he falls off and dies. And that's fade to black. Well, yeah, it's like he kept having to, like, he has, like, this final scene in his head that he has to uh, do. And what'd you say it was from White Lightning? Or White Heat or something? Oh, that's what the name comes from. I don't know. If but that's it's the, the I'm the king from. of the world thing. And he he just keeps like getting up to be like, I need to say king of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, the screen fades to black. So maybe that's what it's called. I don't know. Oh, fade to black. huh? <laughs> Dude, what a weird movie. Yeah. And that's it. Like, I don't understand anything that happened. I mean, I know no. what I saw, but. I can't piece together the logic in any of it. Yeah, it, because there's certain parts of it, it's like, okay, I could see where he's like this huge film nerd. He takes it way too far. He basically does what, like, um, fuck, who's the gore, that lady who'd, like, put all the uh, parental advisories on, and it was like... Tipper Gore. Tipper Gore, where it's like, all oh, all these horror movies are bad. Never watch Cannibal Holocaust. Actually, never watch Cannibal Holocaust unless you just want to watch it once, but yeah, it's a bad movie. But... Yeah. <laughs> you should be allowed to if you want to. Exactly. But it's almost like one of those movies, like The Gate, of like, oh, rock and roll's bad, and like, devils come from it, and in the movie, that's literally what happens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is always weird when you're trying to go against that, but you write a movie that is that. Or, like, the biggest, like, the greatest thing ha that happened is when she finally got the law passed and they have to put the parental advisory on the albums. But those albums sold better. <laughs> exactly. But, okay, let's get into this stuff here. So, yeah. Count of the Dead. If it's your first episode, the Throbbing with Horror Count of the Dead is where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. We add them to our grand total of all the movies we've done. Last episode we did was Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. That stuff left us with a count of the dead of 891. Where do you think Fade to Black brought us? 
Uh, well, because like you said, not the fact that Eric didn't kill many people, he killed like two, doesn't mean that the ones that just happened to die around him doesn't count. <laughs> no, they're, they're still counted. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm going to say seven. I'm not even going to point it out anymore. You're one off. God it was six. <laughs> Which brings us to a count of the dead of 897, with nice. our six deaths in this. I wonder if the next movie will get us over 900, Greg. Uh, little behind the curtain, people. We already recorded the next one before we recorded this, because our schedule kind of got messed up. So we already know. Which is even worse, because I could have then gone back and been like, okay, 897. What was the one behind that one? Did the math and actually figured it out. But I still I was didn't. waiting for I thought you were going to pull that on me. I, I was waiting to see if you like paid extra attention to what we said there. I was going to, but then I was like, no, I got to play it straight. And that's what I get. And that's why I lose the count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. For you once another like a week. six week streak of losing it by one. And how many weeks did I go where I got it perfect? You had a little one, but yeah. holy crap, this missing it by one streak is kind of incredible. And it was going on even, like, at the beginning of the pod, too. Yes. Well, every week, Greg does his Count of the Dead, ah, 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 and I like to do my ratings from Dimension Z. Yeah, she, um... <laughs> So, my rating system is I go 1 through 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best. And I pick something from the movie to rate the thing. Um, and I'm trying to think, like, throughout this movie, there's a couple good ones. You could do, like, characters from movies, I guess. That's a little broad. But something that stuck out in my mind, a lot of times with the my ratings from Dimension Z, pew, 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 I like to pick something that's just really weird in the background that stuck out to me. This week, I'm doing televisions, because oh, okay. this guy had, like, not as many televisions as I had, I want to say, but he has quite a few televisions, and so do I, and I'm a television aficionado. Okay. Um. So, a one, number one television, it's like, you pull, you're, like, driving along, you look in someone's yard, there's a tube television laying there, you're like, yes, free television. You put it in the back. You get home, you try to plug it in, you forgot it rang the night before, it's done. Yes. So now you're stuck with it because uh, you cannot get rid of those tube televisions easily. You cannot just put them in the trash. They will yell at you. Dude, I remember I got this TV that was really huge, but it was like the old like AV kind. Yeah. But like whenever you turn it on, like channel three, for some reason the previous owners programmed it to say bitch all the time. <laughs> I don't know why, and I could never figure out how to take it off, so every time I turn on the TV, it's like, bitch. It's like Freddy Krueger's yelling at me every time I turn on TV. <laughs> That's so hilarious. It's like, I want to watch my show. Stop calling me names. <laughs> and I'm going to say another number 10 television is, and this is like one of my holy grails I want, is like those little tiny TVs that like you'll always see in like 80s movies that's like the bedroom television. That like, it's a bigger than a five inch but it's like probably about 12 inch screen and it has like a handle on it and it has the antenna it's like rc i had one growing up like no joke because i lived in the middle of nowhere we didn't even have cable you know when i was growing up we had the kind that it had the channel spinner knob yes and the power and volume knob that were the same that you pulled out to turn it on and then you adjusted the volume with that and it looked like a record player like that kind yeah we it was like that <laughs> Oh, those are, I want those so bad. Like, I just love televisions. Um, but to finally get there, I'm going to give this movie four televisions, televisions out of ten. It's worth seeing, I would say. And it could be a lot better, like we've said throughout the episode. But what they do with it, especially when you get to the end, you're like, what the fuck even is half of this? Yeah, I went pretty close to, I went three and a half televisions out of ten. Yeah. I did hate that I watched it, I enjoyed a lot of it, but man, there was a good movie in there, and I think that made me like it less. After, because I think they were on to a really cool concept, and yeah. I, I'm more mad when you drop the ball on a cool concept than when you just drop it on a whatever. You know how they constantly like remake good movies that don't need to be remade? Remake bad movies, and do like a remake of Fade to Black, but it's actually good. Yeah, that's what you should be doing. I'd love to see that. 
After like a fin- modern take on it. Yeah, and but do it still, and like you could still do it, like in the modern, like in the period piece, like because they did Joker in the eighties, and they pulled that off great. Yeah, no, I mean like a today's being made take. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, this is one after the movie ended, and I like turned the TV off. I was like. I kind of want to apologize to Greg for making, like, oh, Veronica, I feel not bad. I don't feel bad at all for making him watch that because I love the movie and I have fun with it. This one, you have fun with parts of it, but other parts you're like, why is he force feeding her Altoids? It's, and it just nothing makes sense in it, but yeah, that's Fade to Black. Worth checking out. Yeah. Definitely. If you, if you have some time to kill, don't go out of your way to do it. Right. Yeah, this isn't like I'd need to buy it on Blu-ray movie. It's on Shudder. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. If you have Shudder already, don't sign up just for this. Right. That kind of scenario. Alright, so that was Fade to Black. You want to know what we're doing next week? Yeah, what are we doing next week, Greg? Well, we already did it, but yeah, we're doing... <laughs> oh yeah, by the way, if you notice, it's not Friday, it's because we kind of messed the schedule up. So yeah, you get an extra episode. You're welcome. Yes. On Friday, we will be doing Studio 666. Yes, the brand new Foo Fighters horror movie, which I'm all I'm going to say right now is it looks great. Oh, we saw it. That's yeah. But yeah, so if you guys saw Studio 666 or don't care about spoilers, that's what we will be covering next week. So get to the theater if it's still playing. It's a special live episode. It's an in-person episode. It was. It was another one like how we did Scream, where we saw the movie and just recorded right after it. Which, it's, those episodes are challenging, because you just saw the movie, but it's so much fun to do, and I love doing them. Yeah, I like doing those. They're a lot of fun. Well, unless you have anything else, man. No, that's all I got. Alright, well, we'll see you next episode for Studio 666, and we hope that Fade to Black has left your brain throbbing with horror, see? Ah, it seems you've survived another fright. Be sure to look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin on all of your favorite social medias and local newspaper headlines. Rate us five stars on your favorite podcast platform, or else. Subscribe for more tantalizing terror, and be ready for the new fear next week, if you dare.